This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. If not, they're, they're, uh, the scripture will be on the screens. Also, want to let you know that on the back of your bulletin is a, a space for you to take notes if you desire to do so. And that opportunity is made available. Today's message is called Full Disclosure. As we're going through Mark chapter 4, I'm very excited about what God wants to show you today. As he's already spoken to me through this passage. Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 21, we're going to read out of, out of the New Living Translation today. I typically read the NIV, but in my humble opinion, the, the translation here was a little bit messy. This is going to be much more clear out of the New Living Translation. Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 21. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. You know, I know that all of us here are on very different paths, or at different stages spiritually. In our journey, one of the reasons Jesus spoke in parables, and I shared this last week, but I'm going to repeat it intentionally, is that he would speak in parables because those who believed in him would get it, and those who didn't would just think it was a normal story. A parable is, it means to cast alongside. It's a story that has surface meaning, but it also has a parallel Spiritual meaning. And about a third of Jesus' teachings were in parables. And so earlier in Mark chapter 4, he had already said, I speak to you in parables and you don't understand. And here in today's passage, he explains that even more clearly. So I'm going to give you two thoughts today out of these passages. And in a few minutes, you'll be able to write those down. So no matter where you are spiritually, no matter where you're at on the journey, all of us have this in common. Every single one of us, if we're intellectually honest, has questions. I am supposed to be a professional uh, pastor who spends my life studying the Bible and studying theology. And I want to tell you that I have lots and lots of questions still about God and about the Bible. In fact, there are forms of Christianity that try to answer every question with certain formulas that just don't make me comfortable. Because God never said that we would have full revelation until we see Him face to face. The Bible never claimed to be a scientific book with every single answer. But it's a relationship that we have with God. And questions are okay. That's one of the reasons Jesus said very clearly here in verse 22. He said... He said, for everything that is hidden 
will eventually be brought into the open. And every secret will be brought to light. I have an eight-year-old son, and he asked me lots and lots of questions. All the time. Question after question after question. It, it goes something like this. Here's a very common scenario in our relationship. Dad, who do you want to win? The Detroit Lions or Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I can say before God, I could care less about either one of those teams. But I know he's going to demand an answer. So I say Tampa Bay. He said, why Tampa Bay? I say, well, I don't like Detroit. Why don't you like Detroit? So I make up an answer. Well, it's cold in Detroit. He goes on. Why is it cold in Detroit? So I explained to him, well, Detroit is in the north and Tampa is in the south. And it's colder in the north. The next question is, why is it cold in the north? Every question leads to another question. And before I know it, what became a simple question about who's going to win, who do you want to win the football game? Now I am giving an astrology lesson. I've got the globe out and explaining the tilt of the earth and how it rotates around the sun. Question leads to more questions. So though this can be sometimes uh, challenging, I love every question. And I was thinking about my relationship with God, how there's a question that sometimes leads to the next question, to the next question. But that's the sign of being in relationship with a loving Father. He loves your questions. And He loves it when you ask. And He loves the fact that you're curious. And while religious leaders and your grandparents or parents might be scared of questions, God's not scared of your questions. Here's the first thing I want you to write down, the first thought. God will reveal the secret things. God is going to reveal to you the secret things. Look at verse 22 once again for the third time. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. And every secret will be brought to light. God is going to answer every question you have. He's going to reveal every answer that you need. He's going to show himself to you. But timing is everything. Thirteen years ago, next month, I invited my parents to come to Nashville. So they never got an invitation before. Uh, so they bought plane tickets. They came up here. They came up here a lot, but I never had initiated an invitation to them. They bought plane tickets. They flew up here from Dallas. I had them meet me at a restaurant. And it so happened that that restaurant brought a guest, which was my girlfriend, which happened to be named Beth Hall, Who's sitting right here today? She shows up at this restaurant. We have dinner together. My parents get to know her. She has to leave and go to another appointment. And then I inform them um, I need some money because I want to propose to her. <laughs> Remember, they didn't know she existed before that dinner. So my parents did help me and put a down payment on the ring. We got there, uh, I got a ring, and I had in my possession. A very valuable commodity. A ring. So what was I to do then? Well, this would have been one way to respond. I could have just driven to her apartment 
and close the deal. You know, just been like, here you go. Here's a ring. I want to marry you. I'm hoping you say yes. Here's a ring. Because it's in my possession. I knew what I wanted to do. But even though I held this very valuable ring, at least valuable to me, uh, I held the ring and I knew what I needed to do. Timing was everything. Atmosphere was everything. I wasn't just going to carelessly show up at her house, at her apartment, and just propose to her at the door. There needed to be timing. I was maybe 22 years old at the time, and I had a secretary at the church I worked in. She was old enough to be my mom. And I remember talking to her about having this very conversation, and she told me, she said, Aaron, you need to find a special place. And I said, well, I don't really know. We don't really have a special place. And I'll never forget the look she gave me with all the most serious look you can imagine. She said, find one. She was a woman, and she knew how this ring needed to be presented. So without boring you with all the details, I did find a special place and made special arrangements to make it a memorable moment. Here's the reason I tell you this this morning. You see, God promise he's going to reveal to you everything you need to know he's going to he's going to answer that question that you have but timing is everything and atmosphere is everything and he's going to bring that to you at just the right time see my eight-year-old some of the question he asked me he's not ready for the answer yet it would be inappropriate he's not mature enough yet But as a loving father, I know when he needs to know the answer. And you know what God wants to remind you today? He's going to reveal these things to you. But it's in his timing, in his atmosphere, and when you need to hear it the most. One of the things that has happened over the last probably five years, maybe ten years, is that we have started to use acronyms on a regular basis. Thanks to text messaging and status updates and... Online chat and all that, we use these acronyms like LOL, which means laugh out loud. Earlier this week, I was texting with someone, uh, and she put on there TTYL. For the last four days, I've had no idea what that meant. I was sitting in my office this morning reviewing the sermon, and all of a sudden it was like a revelation from God. Talk to you later. Is that right? Is that what it is? All right. So some of us are catching on to this. T-T-Y-L, talk to you later. There's one that's O-M-G, meaning oh my gosh. And just last night, my six-year-old, now he's a crack-up. He had a loose tooth and he came into our room and he went, GMO, GMO, I've lost my tooth. We're like, what do you mean? And we figured out he meant O-M-G. So, like I said, language, the English language is digressing quickly. But there's one, there's one acronym that is very, very powerful and very, very useful, and it's my personal favorite. TMI. TMI. The, the, that means too much information. That's a very valuable, valuable acronym. In fact, as a pastor, as a speaker, you never want to listen to a TMI pastor. Have you ever heard of a pastor's say some stuff and you're like, oh, wait, I did not want to know that. Too much information. It's a very powerful acronym because it says you have crossed 
the line of appropriateness. And I'm not, now I'm not talking about preaching, I'm talking about anything in life. Or perhaps it's, you're saying you have crossed a boundary that I'm not comfortable anymore with this information. TMI, too much information. You know the sad part about it? With our attitudes, with our actions, a lot of us have said to God, TMI, too much information, God. You see, information means responsibility. When you discover a stat, you discover a truth, you discover a word from God, you discover a scripture, that means you're responsible for it. So we say, TMI, God, too much information, too much responsibility. I don't want to know anymore. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. The second thought is this. It says, God will reveal at the level we want Him to. God's going to reveal at just the level we want Him to. I want you to look with me again at verse 24. It's a remarkable scripture in 24 and 25. Then He said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. 25, to those who listen to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even the little understanding they have will be taken away from them. It's a remarkable statement. See, Jesus, sometimes his teaching is very counterintuitive. He turns things upside down. Jesus' teaching is that way. And basically he's saying is the way you measure the amount of input, the amount of effort, the amount of concentration you put into following me is exactly how much you're going to get out of it. And that's really a gift from him. It's called free will, not as if God is ever limited to our actions or would ever limit himself. That's ridiculous. He's God. He's sovereign. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's not dependent upon us in the least for the least. But he's given us a free will and he has chosen to respond to how we respond to him. Now, his grace even gives us the ability to make that response. But that's a whole other sermon. The point is this. Scripture says you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Something God showed me many years ago. And you'll hear me say this often, but it's so true. I don't know how close you are to God right now. But you are as close to God as you want to be. It's not anyone else's fault. You're at where you are with your relationship with the Lord. You could blame it and play the blame game and blame a church, blame a pastor, blame a spouse, blame an experience. But in the end, God's saying, listen, I'm available to you. And I'm going to give to you. And one of the ironic things about the kingdom is that those who press in, those who give attention to God, He gives them even more. But those who, who don't, who aren't attentive, who don't listen, who really are apathetic and don't care, the very little they have is going to disappear. Back when we used to do some outreaches where we would feed people uh, that weren't able to have a hot meal, uh, we developed a system where we would give them a ticket, and the ticket would identify whether they have had their meal or not. And inevitably, food would run out, so we'd have to bring more food in, and the the... the the outreach team would put more food out. And I remember at least one time, I think it happened more than once, as the food was coming out, someone said, hey, can I have a refill? And my response was, you don't have a ticket. Look at all those people in line with the ticket. 
they hadn't had any food at all. It just makes sense that those people who haven't had the food are going to get the refills. That, that just makes logical sense. And that's why this statement by Jesus is so alarming. And it should get your attention this morning. Because Jesus says, I have blessing I have opportunity, I have my presence, I have things, and I'm not just going to give it to the people who haven't had me. I'm going to see who has some, and I'm going to give them more. That, that's what God's trying to say. I am going to reveal myself through the parables. Those who are following the Lord understand the parables. It just makes sense. They get the things of God. And then those who give no attention to the things of God, Christianity and the things of the Lord become begin to make less and less sense. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, be careful so you don't drift. I mean, none of us, I would say, very rare occasions do we one day say, I am no longer going to live for Jesus anymore. I'm going to follow demonic powers and Satan and let Satan influence me from this day forward. Very rarely. And I doubt anyone in this room has done that. But we drift. Our heart drifts away from the Lord. Before we know it, we're at a place spiritually we never thought we would be before. Why? Because the principle of this is that, is that God is looking for those whose hearts are engaged with Him and who wants Him. And here's what really makes me scared for those of us who live here in the United States of America, and specifically Middle Tennessee and Goodlettsville and Hendersonville and Gallatin, is that we do have a form of godliness it's very hard to find someone who hasn't had some kind of experience in church or hasn't heard some representation of the gospel, haven't heard something about Jesus or have had an experience with him. But yet, when we disengage and no longer pursue the Lord and no longer allow his spirit to work in our lives or no longer give our attention to the things of God, that little bit of religion and that little bit of knowledge and that little bit of understanding we have begins to shrink and shrink even more, until it doesn't make sense anymore. Until the things of God just don't appeal like they used to. And God is just saying to you guys today, listen, let me add more. Let me give you more. Let me speak to you more clearly. Let me add to you what? More of what I can give. And let, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. I'm going to invite our ushers at this time to begin to position themselves because in a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. Now, you're under no obligation to take communion. When communion comes your way, if you want to let it pass, there's no problem. Feel free to do that. But in a moment, when the bread comes and the cup comes and you hold it in your hand, I'm going to promise you this. Every single one of us is going to have a chance to get right with God and to make sure we're completely pure before Him before we go to the Lord's table today. You know, one of the secrets of life, and I want you to understand this very clearly, momentum is one of the most important principles in life you could ever understand. Everything in your life has momentum about it. You either have positive momentum or negative momentum. You're either growing or you're shrinking. It's one thing or the other. And the power of momentum is incalculable in your life. The power of momentum is just incredible. And in your spiritual life, your spiritual life has a momentum to it. And this scripture very clearly, clearly lets us know that for those of you who are right with the Lord, who are doing what you're supposed to do, who are seeking him. I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you're on the pathway of growth and you're saying, I'm following 
after Christ and everything he wants, God's going to start adding to your life. There's going to be more. There's going to be more increase. Things are going to make more sense. The sermons are going to sound better. The music's going to be better. You know, that 242 group's going to be more enjoyable because it gets better and better and better. And there's positive momentum in your life. But for those of us who let negative spiritual momentum start, that very thing we have, it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's why the Holy Spirit reminds us today, He's a God who wants to add to your life. He's not a takeaway God. He's not a God who wants to take from you. He's a God who wants to give you more than you could ever imagine. And the Holy Spirit saying to you today that even this message is a sign to you. It's a message of love today. It's a sign to you that God's saying there's a path of growth. There's a path of increase. The future can be better when you follow me because the Lord wants to give you more. There's more knowledge coming, more opportunity, more blessing, more love, more community, more understanding, more assurance, more peace. And ultimately, all of this can be wrapped up in one statement. More of Him. More of Jesus. It can, all of that, with Jesus comes every single blessing you could ever want. He is why we're here. He is what we're about. Would you close your eyes with me? I want to ask you a question. In just, just a minute, I want to make sure that you have started the spiritual momentum in your life. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And Yeah, I'm going to be looking to see if you raise your hand, but you're not raising your hand for me. You're raising your hand for God. He's the one that's really looking. Because it's going to be a point of contact for you to say, yeah, today is a momentum changer in my life. Today, I want to make sure that I get on that path. I want God to take that gift of salvation He's given me, His grace, and cause increase in it. Some of you need to start the journey today. You need to start the momentum today. You need to make sure that your life is with Christ and that He's forgiven your sins and that you know that you're going to heaven. There's no reason to doubt. If you believe that Jesus paid the price on the cross and he, His resurrection proved that He was God and He paid for your sin, He paid the penalty for your sin. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.